Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. And we're back on Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matt Peverell, and I'm joined by my co-host as always, Mark Davison. I'm also joined, or we're also joined, by the other film guru on BTSC, Jeffrey Benedict. Jeffrey, you're back. You only had a week off. Thank you for joining this week's show. You know, we're just keen to tap your brain into this offense. And it comes from a question that Mark asked me last week, and he kind of stumped me. You know, he tries to stump me each week. But this question I stumped stump stump myself. <laughs> I can't even really, I can't even really remember what I said. But I, I, I think I was on oh sorry, Matt, I cut you off, but it was along the lines of um with this draft, and because we're in that transition year that that the we have Big Ben Juju coming back and everyone's signing one-year deals like it's going out of fashion. Are we drafting for Big Ben to succeed this year, Jeff, or are we drafting for the next guy coming in at the helm at the the quarterback position and the future? Or can you have a combination um, of both? And also a side question as well, because I know that you brought this up in in part one. Do we draft players um, so that the Browns and Ravens don't get that player? What are your thoughts? I don't think the Steelers do that, especially not. I, I can't imagine Mike Tomlin and Kevin Kevin Colbert like. I don't want to say thinking that that far ahead, but you know, kind of overcomplicating things. I think they very much avoid overcomplicating things so that they don't uh, end up outthinking themselves and make like really dumb choices where you think you're being super clever. Uh, I don't think they do that. Um, as much as I would hate to see a really great inside linebacker fall to those guys, that's not what the Steelers are taking. They they won't take it. 
And and thoughts on uh, with, the, with the Steelers and, and Big Ben, are they drafting for this year? Because I think we're all in agreement that Big Ben only has one year left, no matter what his contract really says. He's got the one-year um, win-or-go-home mentality. Do, do the Pittsburgh Steelers draft for him this year? I, I think that'll be told right off the bat with the number one pick if it's a running back. Because if you draft a running back, it's for, what, three years? You know, so you draft a running back to get really good production immediately. Uh, I always said that's the most valuable position in the first two years is a running back. And after that, they they drop off and everything else takes off. So for me, uh, if it's a running back, then it's it's clearly they're drafting for right now and for this year. And I don't I don't think we'll see that. I don't know. But, you know, the way the Steelers are setting up, that first round pick could be almost anything. And on that leads into a really interesting point. And Dave Schofield, um, co-editor of the of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, wrote an article this week about the negativity that's among the fan base. And we had some chat that going there in the BTSC Slack channels as well. Um, and I think there were some interesting perspectives. And I, I, I sort of saw it in some ways from some of the contributors as there being consideration from, from guys like yourself, Jeffrey, that, you know, You've had years and years of being a Steeler fan, and and you've got that acceptance that the team, you know, it's you're not going to win. Every, we aren't going to win every year, but it's that fight and it's the journey that we get close to. But also taking things in consideration and and in putting things in perspective. Bring up this comment from the YouTube side from Evgeny Crosby that says there, or Evgeny Crosby, Ben Roethlisberger has never had a losing season. What makes you think it's going to start now? And you do sort of think about that negativity that sort of existed in this offseason. I think when you think about the cap and the 20-plus free agents and or exclusive rights free agents, if you factor them in as well, that raises all these questions in the fans' mind, the drop-off that happened in those final five to six games of the season. At the end of the day, this was a team that was 11-0. and We set a franchise record. Now, you don't have to necessarily win. You don't need to win 11 in a row to make the Super Bowl and to win the Super Bowl because the Steelers had never done that before and we've got six Super Bowls. When we talked, when we're talking off air a little bit, what things should the Steelers come to expect, or what things should fans be open to when it comes to Matt Canada in terms of the offense in 2021? How we work Big Ben in, and I know we started talking about this when I had you on the show, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago with Dave. But since then, we've seen a number of different moves. Whether it is bringing Juju back in, and, and do they use him right? So I think that's a good place to start because we're talking. Where could this work out from Juju in terms of getting those numbers? But equally, how how are we tooling up or, or how is that Matt Canada system coming through to support Big Ben? And as you said before, there with the draft, if we get that running back, perhaps that is just tooling up for this year. Yeah, I think I think that's the better focus is, is not so much, you know, is it for Ben? Is it for the future? We've got a transition going on on our offense to Matt Canada. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see how the Steelers fill out the roster as we're, you know, trying to move Matt Canada in, but we still have Ben Roethlisberger around. And like last year, we had three offenses. We had whatever Randy Feekner had. We had, you That's know. That's not offense. <laughs> we had, it's offensive offense. Uh, yeah. We had Matt Canada with his motions and his things. And we had what we eventually turned to, which was Ben Roethlisberger just calling his own plays. And – for the little bit of the season that Ben just taking over the offense worked. 
which ended in week 12. And the Ravens even said like, like that they, that uh, the team we'd played in week 11 had figured it had put some stuff on film. The Ravens put more on film on how to stop Ben's offense. Teams already knew how to stop Randy Feekner's offense. And the, and because of that, there were tells for Matt Canada's stuff. Ben Roethlisberger's offense, when it was running, was when Juju Smith-Schuster played the best. Was when they were doing what Matt, what Ben Roethlisberger was calling. Uh, so Matt Canada is going to have to somehow, like, integrate Ben Roethlisberger's. Let's go five wide. Everyone stand there. Let me see what's going on, and then like call out route changes to people, and then go. And I'll I'll find the person that I I changed their route to beat the defense. He's going to have to figure out how to integrate that with his stuff and that's going to be the real challenge and a lot of that's going to come through in personnel especially especially i'm really interested to see what we do with at tight end uh because matt canada uses tight ends fullbacks running backs and sometimes wide receivers as those h backs and wing backs and those are people that go in motion in his d in his offense and they motion all around they motion different positions not just one side to the other they motion all over the place uh so it's gonna be very interesting to see how we fill that part of the offense and it'll really I I think it's really going to be kind of striking a balance between what do we do for Ben this year and how do we transition to what we're going to be doing in the future with Matt Canada well and let's let's pick up on this tight end one now I did a mock draft last night from one of the draft network websites and believe it or not when it got to Steelers pick Kyle Pitts hadn't been picked up yet, right? Now, you can't... uh, Right now, there's a rumor that he's the best athlete. He's actually the best overall pick in this year's draft at his position. It's just obviously we all know that tight end is not not probably ever going to be picked, you know, in in, uh, with that number one pick because what he could even do if he was just a wide receiver, you know, is incredible. Um, Obviously, he's not going to be on the board when the Steelers pick. If he was, uh, it would be ludicrous not to take him if you do truly believe in best player available. But... The tight end room is a really interesting one because, as you said there, Jeffrey, you know you, how the Canada works in those wing backs and wide receivers and what have you. We look at the personnel that we've got here, and, and this feeds into this expecting the unexpected. You know, we talked last time a little bit about Jalen Samuels and could this open up the role for him? You know, yes, you bring back Juju, but when Juju can block. You also have a situation where you've got Claypool who, you know, when he was coming through, people like, is a team going to put him there as a, as a tight end or is he going to be a wide receiver? You know, 6'4", 235 pounds plus, I, I, as, as, you know, even though it was an average preseason in terms of what they could do, you know, he wouldn't be, have had that much of a role if, if the Steelers didn't have confidence that he was developing as a blocker there. You go out and get a couple of decent tight ends and, you know, in, in this draft or through free agency, obviously Jesse James is one that everyone is considering, you know, do the Steelers bring him back? This is one of those key pieces that could really unlock this offense in, in 2021, you know? And I know, Mark, we've talked about it a few times there about not having that reliable tight end since Heath. You know, what would you like to see out of the tight end room, particularly from that fan perspective in, in this season? Uh yeah, someone who can really stretch a field and maybe go down the middle, a bit like Heath did, and a bit of a, you know, scapegoat uh, kind of style. But I think it's the same kind of mentality with the O line and how to fix his offense. You got to have a bit of a brute force. You need need the guy who can block, who can, um, you know, set up lanes for the running back. That's that's my mentality. If I was if I was a coach this year or um, offensive coordinator like Matt Canada, I think you've got to use them to a bit of trickeration. 
the same time, you still need to open up those holes where you can use the the scat back, the the fullback or the running back uh, to run those lanes. So then you can, you know, we, we don't, Big Ben doesn't really use the play action. That's why I, I find this year so funny, right? So if you had more of a play action style, you could use those tight ends more, but Big Ben doesn't do it. So what's this year? If I put, I put this question out there, if, if we see the exact same thing as last year, where he gets all those 500 yards, five wide sets, and he's doing all these things gravy, right? But then nothing happens out of it. That's my biggest, I guess, my negative worry. Would, would you guys agree with that? Like, if we do the exact same thing, and then what do we have? A twelve and four, and then we don't go anywhere. I think that's all. I think that's for me personally. That, that that's always the concern. But the, the way they're tooling up, you know, and this is the thing that comes down as a fan, right? Even if you think that they're going to do nothing, like you know, there's a you know Steelers freak, you know, and I'm not trying to pick you, but like you know, says unless Ben changes the style of play, we don't expect much. Now, this is we we have this all the time, and you know, we we make those similar comments. But at the end of the day, we're still going to be watching. I mean, if you're here right now listening to this live or even on the audio side, on the podcast side, you're a Steelers diehard. You're a Steelers fan through and through. So you might hate every single move they make. You may think they need to completely change their defensive and offensive philosophy. But you're still watching. You're still supporting, right? So... I, I think there's this piece where we always want them to win. You don't watch a team expecting them to lose. We're not that sort of a franchise. We're not that sort of type of a fan base. And, you know, you saw that with Miami, the tank for two stuff. They didn't end up with that final pick. That's not the way that Brian Flores wanted to go down there. You look at the Jets. I mean, they they sucked so bad they couldn't, they couldn't even get that first pick. And then the fan base went nuts. I didn't really want to be in that position. So, But I agree with you, Mark. And that's what I think is interesting about how everything seems built around 2021. If it doesn't work, 2022 is a whole different question because suddenly, you know, there's a lot of cap that becomes available. Like it'll be plus 100 million on, on current numbers. Probably don't have Big Ben. Do the calls for Tomlin to go get wider? I mean, Jeffrey, how, I mean, what are your thoughts about how are you feeling in terms of is it just good enough to get this 12 and 4? Do we have a real shot? If we don't, what does 2022 look like where we well, sit right now? Yeah, 2022 definitely gives you a chance to say, all right, this team had its run. Let's move on and start over. Let's start a different group. Uh, you can let a bunch of – I mean, a bunch of contracts are coming up, and you have a bunch of money available. Uh, obviously, if you plan on keeping TJ Watt, that's going to eat a lot of it. Uh, but – there's a big opportunity there just to to say, okay, Ben Roethlisberger's gone. We're gonna we're gonna bring in different players. We're gonna start different people. You can do that uh, for this season. I'm gonna I'm gonna backtrack into what you guys were talking about with uh, with Matt Canada and especially the run game. Uh, what to expect from Ben Roethlisberger in this run game uh, is, if you look at Matt Canada, he has talked extensively about in his past about the pistol. And how you can run anything out of pistol that you can run out of I formation, right? And if you look at the end of last season, the Steelers started running pistol, including running some play action. Uh, the RPOs, I did a film room on how bad the RPOs were in the first third of the season. They went away and then came back around week 12, week 13. They started running more RPOs and the RPOs weren't bad. They were different, and they weren't as predictable as the ones they were running earlier in the season. And Ben Roethlisberger was doing better with them. They're not, they're not a true RPO because he was still making the read pre-snap. But at that point, 
it's play action. Like if you're doing an RPO and you're sitting there faking the handoff and then you're throwing something, that's play action. The the other team still has to react to that run possibility, even if you're not really going to run it. Uh, so there's that that comes in. We we saw them using more of the of the pistol, and I expect that to increase. I expect more of the motion inside, more of that inside motion moving people around. It works when you get tight ends and fullbacks and everything and running back switching positions. It messes up. It, it really stresses the defense's communication. And there's not a lot of teams that have really great communication out there. So they're gonna, they're, you're gonna see that. And I think, I think that's the key. I know a lot of people are expecting, uh, you know, a big tackle to be signed in the first round. The Steelers have three tackles now. I mean, they just brought in a, a backup who's a swing tackle and was the Kansas City Chiefs. He came on as their sixth offensive lineman a lot. He's a tackle. Like that's your swing tackle. You've got a Corafor, you've got Banner, you've got this guy. The Steelers don't need a tackle, at least in their book for the numbers. They don't need to draft a tackle now. Well, well and who's to say that they don't get Al, you know, Villain a waiver on a on a cheap deal with voidable years as well? Yeah, I mean, that seems the route they, we're going down, right? They like, can go anywhere, and they've set that up. They can go anywhere with this. It, it's going to be very interesting to see, but I think. The one thing that really, really gets me excited about next season is Juju Smith-Schuster coming back makes sense if he really believes Matt Canada's offense is going to be significantly different than Randy Feekner and is going to be functional enough that he can really put up numbers in it. Because Randy Feekner's offense just let teams take Juju out of the equation. You know, they were like, oh, you're going to take what we give you. We're not going to give you Juju. And then, you know, like now you're working on throws down, lobs down the field to chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson dropping things or, or, you know, relying on him with yards after catch. So I think that gives me hope is that that Juju Smith-Schuster buying in not just to Ben's last year, but also this offense to set him up for his next contract. And Yeah, incredible. Before I get to the snowman super chat here, Firstly, I'm going to ask this question of Jeffrey and then, and then Mark, I want, I want you to give me what your reaction would be to this. Let's say that it does, let's say it does work. Um, and we've, we've, Mark and I have loosely danced around this scenario a couple of times. Let's say it does work in, in 2021 and, and the Steelers look, you know, it seems to work on offense much better. It, it sustains through the season. I'm not saying it's 16 and no, but it is 13 and three or 12 and four, but they look good. They go, you know, they lose in the divisional round or they lose in the, in the AFC championship. Ben feels reinvigorated. He's, he's a, a couple of years now removed from the injury. Do you see him coming back in 2022? I definitely can. If things go well, why walk away? I mean, like, how many years did Peyton Manning play after his neck injury? That was supposed to ruin his career. He played for years after that. Ben is not done. If he's still playing at the level he was this year and the offense is better designed and the scheme lets him be better, I don't see why he wouldn't be back. And they get a, and you know, particularly if they get a, they do go after and get, whether it's round one or round two, they go get a running back that can do something and take the pressure off and he starts being open to that. Mark, what about you? How, how would you feel if if all this starts working and and we we you know that we just suddenly there's this more, even better confidence in what Big Ben can do? How would well, you feel I'm about 2022? I'm a massive Big Ben fan. I've got his jersey behind me, and I've got a, a great story about that. But that's that's for the future. 
Um, I didn't ever actually buy the jersey, but yeah, we'll leave that for another show. Um, actually, I almost kind of stole it off a bloke, but here we go. Okay, so Big Ben is a is a, a great guy. Um, what my thing with Big Ben is he needs to take a step back. He's got he, he can't be the guy that's going to win in the game and throw five hundred yards and do all that. It's it's awesome to watch. He's done it before, but he needs to. Um, you know, obviously play like we don't want him just to throw duck eggs to no one. Like you want him to to keep playing the game, and and but he's he's got to have a certain role where he's not throwing the interception at a bad time. Um, we we set up all three points. We've got the defense there. Um, we're using the the running game more. And this year, to me, and what the feeling is, I think it's it's really simple. It's it's for me, it's how the Steelers win, and 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 also how they. Like how they tend to lose these games is is really is getting me in the, in the last the last f- five years now. We're losing to the Jags when we get to the playoffs by forty five to to thirty or whatever it was at the shootout. We're losing to the Browns like we just don't seem to that like we're not losing in a way where it's like twenty seven twenty four. A great game, awesome game. Um, you, you know, you give everyone a pat on the back and go that was an awesome game to watch. Oh well, we lost. That's that sucks. We're losing to these teams like the Browns and going, holy moly, how do we lose to the Browns? Like, it just – that to me is, is the what angers me the most about this. And I want to see a big big change in offense where, where Big Ben can start to, to to use the field, but it's not all on Big Ben. It can't be all on him. And I think I think he he, he loves the spotlight, though. Like, what's what's going to be the connection with Big Ben and Canada? And, and, and Canada's got this idea of the, the set of plays, and Big Ben's like, nah, I'm going to change it. Like. There's going to be some ego battles in that in that locker room from Big Ben and Canada to for them not clashing heads, but who's going to have the priority of, of choosing what plays and, and and how to move the ball forward. Yeah, and, and this is it. it. It's it's what what is going. You know, as we said, expect the unexpected from the Steelers in 2021 <laughs> and beyond. <laughs> Look, Snowman throws five dollars in the tip jar. Thank you very much, Snowman. Um, it seems to be your weekly contribution, so we're very thankful for it as always. Again, Jeffrey, I think Snowman did this last time you were on the show. He's directly targeted targeted you for questions. Maybe misses out on the curtain call or what have you. Um, we might sling it around to the rest of us as well. But will the Steelers give Mike Tomlin a contract extension this year? It is my opinion. I don't know if it'll be this year. I don't. I don't know if he is. Uh... I don't know if he is where he's signed through, but it is my opinion that Mike Tomlin will be the Steelers head coach until Mike Tomlin doesn't want to be the head Steelers head coach. Yeah. That's my thoughts on it is that he's here and they're keeping him. Uh, and and frankly, there's no reason to move on from him. Uh, there was some a piece about Zach Banner written where Zach Banner was talking about how Mike Tomlin was the one who got through to him that the only reason you're not successful and the only reason you weren't a first round pick and the only reason you're not starting in this league is your weight issue. Like yeah. get that under control. And it was Mike Tomlin who got that through to him. And now Bizak Banner is a, a starting level tackle, which to me was amazing to think that the Steelers have gone directly from Alejandro Villanueva, who was a nobody. He was a failed defensive lineman who was too old to learn a new position. And then he's a starter and a pro bowler, you know, and Zach Banner is a guy who's just, he he's not going to make it in the NFL because he can't control his weight. And now he's going to be our starting tackle. Like 
those kind of things kind of show you why people love Mike Tomlin, why players love Mike Tomlin. Yeah, maybe he has some problems in some of the execution and some of the littler areas of the game that, frankly, when you add up their impact to a game, don't matter uh, very much at all. And yet, he's a guy who can take someone who Mike Hilton, Vince Williams, Zach Banner, Alejandro Villanueva, they don't really belong on an NFL roster when they come in and people look at them and cast them off and the Steelers find them and and they become really good players for us. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I know that... So Tomlin, I, I understood to be signed through 2021. I just don't check there. I think there's a club and, and coach option there for 2022. So I, I, I would suggest with, when you look at something like that, that they're working something longer. I completely agree with you, Jeffrey. It's when was the last time the Steelers fired, fired one of their coaches, right? So, you know, I do see this as very much Tomlin's job. You know, I do agree. And there was it was a bit of talk in the live chat earlier. I think the next three years, if things are feeling like they are right now in three years and we haven't got that Super Bowl or we haven't come close or it hasn't quite worked, perhaps you start that discussion and that transition service. Um, but it's also, it, it's that classic one as who have you got to step in there? I mean, you know, we hear from Tomlin all the time, next man up, next man up. Who is the next man up? You know, and, and who does that look like? You know, is that person, you know, necessarily even in the NFL right now, are they, are they what, what what's their position in terms of different coaching staff or what have you? So, I think there are a few things to consider there. For me, Tomlin's a really passionate bloke, as we say down under. Um, you know, he's fair dinkum, um, even despite his media, you know, standard responses that he delivers each week. Mark, would you be happy to have Tomlin for the next decade? No, nah, I, I disagree. I think we should bring in Rex Ryan. <laughs> of course. I, I love Tomlin, man. <laughs> that was the only coach I could think of, and I'm like, he's a bit of a goofball, so bring him in. <laughs> Um, well, at least you didn't say uh, Chip Kelly. At least you didn't say. Chip <laughs> oh Kelly. yeah. Oh, the, what was the 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 college the college ball is going to win by seventy points? Get out of town. Um, no, look, Tomlin's awesome. I I think he's done really great for us, and um, you know, he's never had a losing season. And if the only thing I'm like that the fans that some of the fickle fans can be like, you know, we're losing losing by ten points in the game in the first quarter, and they're like, fire Tomlin. And you're like, no, like like no, there's. Who else are you going to, like you said, who else are you going to put there? Who else is going to fill that role? Um, I always go onto the, the Facebook sites on the Steelers and say, Ty Fomlin, and then I get a few likes and responses. But there are a lot of fans out there who just who don't like him for whatever reason. But I think he's done a great job. He's been there, you know, I've been watching him forever, uh, in, from Bill Cowell into to Mike Tomlin. I don't know who you would even put there or who would, um, yeah, we, we just don't fire our, our coaches like that. Um, yes, we haven't got the job done and won the Super Bowl, but neither have a lot of teams. There are still 11, 12 teams that haven't won a Super Bowl or, or whatever that stat is, or could be seven teams. So, yeah, you're better off with what you know than what you don't know. And we, we can't be bringing in Rex Ryan or the next big thing from the NCAA basketball team. I don't know. You can't bring anyone else in. Keep so Tomlin. To... Yeah, I agree. Keep Tomlin. I want to bring up this, and it, it, actually James Galway said a comment um, in, in the chat on the YouTube side of things saying Steelers play down to less competition, which Double HH responded with maybe it's a good thing we have a difficult schedule then. I bring that up because I, I think that's a really interesting perspective in terms of 2021 and when we say expect the unexpected. Everyone's expecting the Steelers to have this big struggle because we had a struggle last season. That, that struggle tied with COVID flexes to the schedule, Devin Bush injury, Bud Dupree injury, 
Every team has form slumps and they'd got away with it with it with a few things from previous weeks. It is quite interest <laughs> it is quite interesting to to sort of think about if, if they do play down to lesser competition there, Ben Roethlisberger and this Steelers team and Mike Tomlin and, and for all the haters out there have a real chance to go out and prove everyone wrong and equally go play those tough games and prove it. And perhaps if there are a few losses and, and we've talked about what does 12 and four achieve, does that steal this team come playoffs times? I just think that's a really interesting thing to think about as we go in. And, and also now that we've got confirmation on the 17th game with, with Seattle coming to, coming to the Steelers um, that's been now confirmed in that 17th game, um, whether Russell Wilson's there, who knows he could be running with no one protecting him. You know, it's an interesting thought there, but how do you how are you both just really quickly feeling about the Steelers playing what is a top strength of schedule um, in twenty twenty one? I still think the Steelers have, have a chance. Well, this is my fandom in me, but the Steelers have a chance to win the AFC North. Now, look, I did. I still think we're in that, that transition year, but maybe this is this is the year that we we go out and we, we win the North again. Um, I the Ravens are a, are, a, are a tough team. I don't trust the Browns. I don't trust the Bengals. It's really again, it's it's the the Ravens and Steelers for me who are going to win the North. So now the the Steelers do play hard for some reason. Maybe it's like optical illusion that we look up, but like when we do play tough teams, we play harder. And we go out and play the Raiders down in Oakland. We they're two and ten. We lose to them. So and I don't know if that's if that's Tomlin's fault or how it is. But if we have the toughest schedule, it really doesn't it doesn't matter. Like these these fellas are play, playing each other tough and hard. So. It doesn't overly matter, but I think the Steelers could shock some people because half the media doesn't like us anyway, <laughs> for some reason. So, uh, what what are your thoughts, Jeff? Are we have we got this in the bag? <laughs> well, for me, uh, the whole the whole we play down to opponents. That's Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger is a matchup guy. He plays his best against the toughest players, especially uh, when he could still scramble around and break tackles and do that stuff, he was at his best against the toughest defenses. Uh, to like 2008, when the, when the Ravens were the second best defense and the Steelers were first, Ben beat them three times with no offensive line, like he, no run game. He just willed that to happen. Uh, he was phenomenal at that, but he also played his worst against the weaker opponents. And if you look back when the Steelers have a great defense, they didn't lose those games. It was when the Steelers' defense wasn't good enough to carry the team against a bad team. So if they if the other team could score, Ben Roethlisberger really like sleptwalked through half the game and then would wake up and make it close. But that's how we lost those games most of the time. Uh, and I've always said, I'll take that if you've got a quarterback that plays his best against the best teams because the best teams are in the playoffs. And we've seen him him do that. We saw him even even in Cleveland. He came back. Even in Jacksonville, when they were stomping us, he came back. Our defense let us down with the injuries. But yeah, this the Steelers for me. I would love this season to mirror. You know, last season kind of mirrored two thousand and four, uh, where the Steelers went and on this huge stretch, won all those games, and and went all the way till they faced New England, and New England just embarrassed them. Uh, and then two thousand and five, the Steelers struggled but they pulled it together at the end and then they were hot at the right time. And that's really the story. Can the Steelers have the injury luck? Can they, can they be the right team at the end of the season? Can they have some, a little better depth, have some young guys step up and be the team that's healthy and rolling at the end of the season. 
if they can, they've got a shot. And really, at this point of the season, that's what the Steelers have to work on is be a team that you have the pieces that if things fall right for you, you have that shot. And I think they're I think they'll do it again. I think we were that we were that team last year. It's just we lost so many players. Uh we lost we lost too many key defenders and it just didn't work. And that's why we should, again like expect the unexpected. So if you're sitting there and you're thinking 2021 is going to be another flame out, you might you might just be proven wrong. Now to wrap it up, James Galway asks P, PJ Finney Pants bad. We got Jeffrey on the show after Mark asked the question last week around, are they drafting an O-lineman to protect Big Ben or are they drafting an O-lineman to support Matt Canada's offense? And I, and I wanted this sort of question to close out the show. We've seen a number, and this is why BJ Finney pants are back. BJ Finney's wearing, potentially wearing some pants on this Steelers O-line. We've seen Zach Banner come back this week. They've obviously signed Haig in the last, um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing or Hogue there in the last 24 hours as well. You know, as we said, Villanueva is still there, and do they bring him back on the cheap? Yeah, obviously you've still got Chooks there. Fellas, do you think that the Steelers, I mean, because these top tackles now are looking like they're going to go before the Steelers are picking. Do we still think the Steelers are going to be drafting an O-lineman with the first pick of the 2021 NFL draft? Mark. Well, I'm, I'm kind of veering away now from, from what I've learned today from uh, Jeffrey here. If we've got all the tackles in place, got, all, got some O-line already there, maybe we are in that run to, uh, where we can sign a running back, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, my idea was just to sign an O-line so we improve, sign an O-line guy so we improve the O-line. But if we're already bringing the guys back, um, given the one-year deals, and if Al comes back, that's is that pretty much half of our O-line set up and then do we need to get that guy in the first round maybe we can go and get a star running back to help this uh team transition into the more of that running game which we we definitely need something like that so it would be it would be flashy to get a running guy there um if it is uh Najee harris or or another bloke but yeah what do you reckon jeff for me canada's offense is not as o-line dependent and that's uh, if you if you look, everyone. We talk about the run game. We talked about it earlier. We were thirty second in the league in the run game, but the first through five games, we were ninth. We were ninth in the league in yards. We were ninth in the league in yards per carry. We were a top ten rushing offense through five games, and we didn't have that different of an offensive line than what we're you know than what we had when we were thirty second in the league. And that also points out just how bad we were to drop from ninth to 32nd in 11 games. And we did that. The Steelers did that last season. It was that bad. But I don't think Matt Canada's offense needs as many studs on the offensive line as we're used to when we had Todd Haley and we had all those guys. We had that group. We had Munchak. Uh, I'm a big fan if they go uh, Mike uh, Michael Beck, my partner on Curtain Call, brought his name up. But Austin Blythe played for the Rams. He is, and no, that's right. He got it from you. Sorry, sorry, Maddie. <laughs> he got that name from you. But he, I, I looked at some film on him. He is a really good zone run blocking offensive lineman, and that's what you need in Matt Canada's system. If they go and get him, he would be in a very under the radar signing. I could see no offensive lineman being needed to be taken early at all. We'd have our center. Well, uh, and this is, and we'd I was be good. Say- and this is the thing is when I had a look at him a few weeks back, I was sitting there and I was comparing him with Ted Carras at guys you'd get five million or below. 
28, 40, I think it's 47 starts from 48 games. As you said there, he opens up these run holes. His pass protection wasn't as good this year, um, you know, but Jared Goff there and also, you know, they didn't have Todd Gurley and, and the threat that he was. And, I mean, at the end of the day, he's been there for a lot of the, the good seasons with Todd Gurley. He was opening up holes for Todd Gurley and we've seen that Gurley struggled and obviously he's been through injuries and what have you. But, but Blythe is someone there that I'm shocked that he's still sitting there available. The Rams and the Rams wanted to bring him back. They couldn't figure out the cap move for this. Um, and that's what I've said a few times is that they pick before the steals. I think they're picking around 50. Um, but they pick before the steals in the second round, which means that Creed Humphrey, you know, if, if you're all up on Creed Humphrey being picked as, as the Steelers center, you're going to struggle to get that at, at pick 55. And that's why, hang on, why don't we bring the guy that they actually wanted to keep that's less developmental and bring him in? So, you know, I, I've joked there about bringing Al on voidable years. If you can get Blythe this year on a three or four year, maybe three with an option, you know, backload it, voidable years as well. You bring him in for like a couple of mil this season. As you say there, Jeffrey, that opens up the, um, in terms of what you can do in the draft. And, and I just wonder whether there are these, I mean, even if Nelson goes, for instance, there are some great cornerbacks in this draft. You know, do we go RB in the first round and then we go grab one in the second or, you know, if one of those, if one of those cornerbacks, like a, I don't think Fairley or or Saturn the second will fall that far, but you know, you've got guys like Stokes and JC Horn, and I know everyone on the live chat would go nuts if we drafted a cornerback with that first round. But you know, you know, you never know the options. Um, but just to wrap it up, we've got a super chat. It seems to be right when we're about to wrap up the show each week, and we love the super chat, so let them keep coming. But we seem to get a super chat right when we're wrapping up the show. Um, and that's from Ev- and now I hope I'm saying this right. Evgeny Crosby. Evgeny Crosby. My apologies. And this is Stick Insect, I think, in that photo. Love Stick Insects. They're awesome. Um, go back and watch the Steelers' first meeting versus the Cleveland Browns last year was the fastest defense I've ever seen. Then Devin Bush got hurt, and it was all downhill from there. Guys, I mean, we know that Minka started that game with that pick. I mean... To me, it's, it's summed up perfectly. But, I mean, do you guys expect – Jeffrey, you expect the Steelers' defense to be this fast this year? And, Mark, how happy will you be to see Devin Bush and Fitzpatrick, you know, pair up in the in the secondary? It's, I think they're going to be – I think they're going to have it. I'm very interested to see what they do with that second linebacker. I'd love to see Robert Spillane get a chance to be the guy. Uh, but I'd also just as much love to see a, a more athletic guy in there. I think this defense is going to be really good. Uh, even if Sutton is the number two, they'll find someone in the slot. They still have those safeties. Terrell Edmonds and Minka Fitzpatrick are a great duo. It's it's Devin Bush is for real. He is he is legitimately one of the best young linebackers. Still reminds me of a young, uh, very young Ray Lewis uh, before he turned into what Ray Lewis became. He's, he, there's that defense. They're going to be that good until until Tuit and Kayward can't do it anymore. That's it. Mark, you excited to have Bush back? So here's my uh, bold prediction what's going to happen. Devin Bush is going to, you know, uh, sackle uh, the, the, the Browns quarterback, Baker, again. And as he, as he does a sack, he's going to pick up the fumble. Minka's going to run through that line like a winger in the NRL, and he's going to feed the ball back with a bit of spinach. He's going to catch that, and you're going to have a duo of a, a, a sackle, fumble, lateral ball, into, uh, uh, I don't even know, you want to catch it, jump over the center, score touchdown, we're winning 8-0, I mean 7-0. 
And look, they're going to do great. They're going to do fantastic. Mark, Mark, bold prediction. You've got to go bold, bold. They don't just get the 7 nil and kick the, kick the point after. They've got to go for the two-point conversion. Yeah. It, would, uh, it, would we call it a try at that point if they're if they're going to start pitching the ball back? <laughs> Barry's going to Barry's going to get the snap back and go for the the goal between the the two the two sticks and get six points as well. So we're going to end up getting twelve points um, from the whole the whole regime of everything. So I hope that made sense. It probably really didn't, but that's what touchdown under is. We're upside <laughs> down, and you're in America. Like, come on. So Mark is fed off Bad's bold and bizarre predictions. I don't know why we didn't flick Bougie in there because Bougie's back for another year as well. So Bad's happy about that. But look, everyone, whether you've joined us live on YouTube or Facebook or you've listened back across the audio side, thanks for joining us on Steelers Touch Down Under this week. I'm Matt Peveril. We've got Mark Davison. We've had Jeffrey Benedict. Have a great weekend. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.